Hebrews chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. Just those two verses. I want to see uh, tonight, I want you to see a faith that really demonstrates salvation, that results in salvation. And two verses in particular. These two verses seem to stand out about the salvation that comes because of faith. And it's demonstrated in Moses' life. Now, we've talked about Moses, how he rejected worldly values and worldly perceptions. He rejected the worldly culture that he was in, and he went to fulfill God's purpose and God's plan for him. And that is an awesome testimony of faith. It is an awesome testimony to know that Moses just trusted God to take care of him. He trusted God to take care of him in such a way that he just said, you know, I'll leave Pharaoh's uh, court. I'll leave all the luxury. I'll leave the value system. I'll leave all that stuff and I'll follow God's plan. That's an awesome testimony. I tell you, if we, if we had more like that, even this day that rejected the worldly culture and value and worldly plans and just simply embrace God's plan, God's will. But then you'll see in these two verses, two great events that occur in Moses' life. And in both of these, you see a faith that will demonstrate and result in salvation. Look at these two verses with me. Verse 28, by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. Two monumental events in the life of Israel and in the Old Testament that are spoken of by here. And notice one guy, Moses, participated in these two events. He participated in them by faith and by trust. Notice what they say in verse 28. In verse 28, it says, by faith he kept the Passover. Now, think back with me about the Passover and how this was established. Think about how Moses stood before Pharaoh, stood before the authority of Egypt, stood before the authority of the world, if you will, at that point, and he demanded that the people of Israel be let go in accordance to God's will. God had said, Moses, I want you to go. And Moses, being 80 or so years old, being on the backside of the desert for 40 years, He surrenders to God's will. Finally, after excuse, after excuse, he surrenders to God's will and he goes and uh, he declares to Pharaoh to let the people go. And it's awesome testimony how things just work out every time. And Pharaoh said, absolutely, you can take them right now. First time, right? I'm trying to check your biblical knowledge. I'm still kind of digging down a little bit. No, that wasn't the way it happened wasn't the way it happened at all. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh said, absolutely not. Why in the world would I want to give up all of this workforce, these slaves? Why would I want to give up the Hebrew, my Hebrew employees? Why would I want to do that? So he hardened his heart. Well, you remember the story. God sent plague after plague after plague. And it seemed that Pharaoh just continued to harden his heart. He might He might relent for just a moment, but then he would harden his heart. And then you come to this final plague that God sends. It's a very tough plague for for the land to experience, for the families of Egypt to experience. 
It'd be very tough for me. Now, this is just me, the way I'm art. It's very tough for me to even read the de- about the death that will occur in Egypt. But you remember, God said, God said because of the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, because he will, he will not heed the voice of God, because he will not let the people go, each firstborn of the house of Egypt, each firstborn will die. Each one will. Whether it's in the palace, whether it's out on the countryside, whether it's human, whether it's animal, firstborn will die. What a sobering pronouncement by God. But there was grace. It was extended through the institution of the Passover. Grace. Salvation. God said, but if you do this, this is what I want you to do, and you'll be saved. Now, listen to basically what he says. Find uh, a firstborn, a lamb, could take it from a goat, but a lamb, uh, let's say a firstborn lamb that you've got without blemish. I want you to take it. I want you to, I want you to kill it. I want you to take the blood from that lamb, and I want you to I want you to place the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel of the door. I want you to just cover the door. I want you to take of the meat. I want you to cook it. I want you to eat with unleavened bread with some herbs. I want you to do that. And if you'll do that, if you'll, if you'll do what I tell you to do, and if you put the blood there on the door frame, and if you do that, when the death angel comes... He will pass over your house. God's grace was extended. He says, that's what, if you'll do it. Doesn't that sound rather strange, though? I mean, here's God choosing to demonstrate grace and salvation. And Moses hears what God has to say. But, I mean, this has never been done before. Not like this. I mean, that the death angel is going to pass by and here you are putting this stuff here. And most of us would have questioned that and would have begun to think, God, is this really going to happen? And God, will you, are you sure you want me to do this? And, but notice the response of Moses. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. It was faith. Now, I want you to get this. Certainly, we see that the Egyptians are going to pay so that they'll experience enough pain that they will let the people go. That's literally what's happening here, that they will let the people go. Pharaoh will experience enough pain that he will let the people go. But I want you to see that if the Israelites did not believe they would also be included in this. Sometimes we think just about the Egyptians, but here this is, an, this is for them to be spared as well. It's, God says, you got to do this, and the blood's got to be there, and I'm going to come, and if the, if the blood's not there, death will be seen in the house. So it wasn't just Egyptian versus Israelite here. It was those who believed God and believed him so much that they took action and did what he said, those were the ones who experienced salvation. Again, 
It seems strange that God would say, take this blood, put it upon the doorpost, and you'll be saved. But Moses didn't question. Moses just did it. I'm going to say to you, there are times, and we'll see in just a moment another instance, there are times when it may not make sense to us. What God is wanting us to do. He may speak to us clearly and we may know what we're supposed to do, but there are days we can't reason it all out. We can't figure it all out. But those are the days when faith must be expressed and faith must be experienced. And here is faith. Moses, he is faithful. He keeps, he really listens to God, keeps his word, and he follows it. And those who follow it, you can imagine getting prepared, getting ready. It, it must have been, it must have been a nerve-wracking evening for some. Getting it together. I mean, can you imagine even that you believe and you know, but the experience of a death angel passing over your house, how many would love to know that was happening tonight, huh? Would that not make you a little fearful? Just a little bit? And yet, here they're, they're getting ready. They're getting prepared. They take the lamb. They get it situated. They, they take the blood. They put it on the door. They're in. They're eating. It says about midnight. A cry went up from the land. About midnight. A cry went up from the land of Egypt. And each house, as the death angel passed, each house that did not have that blood applied, whether Egyptian or Israelite, each one experienced pain. Pain that we cannot even begin to imagine that somehow expressed itself all across the land. Here they are by faith, by trust. Notice it's by faith. By faith he saw salvation. By faith Moses and those who followed experienced salvation the passover we'll get back to that in a few moments let me show you the second event second event is a whole lot is a whole lot more inspiring perhaps in some ways at least for us he speaks about the red sea and the crossing of the red sea now you remember this finally pharaoh says you can go so moses gets ready he gets his million-plus Baptist army with him, and he says, let's go. So they go, and they make it to the Red Sea. And you remember that here they are. They're, they're getting ready, and, and all of a sudden, what happens? The army of the Egyptians, Pharaoh's army, Pharaoh changes his mind. He says, what in the world have we done? How did we let our whole labor force go? Let's go get them back and let's bring them back. So it says 600 choice chariots and others. And here they are. They're going after the Hebrews. The Hebrews, I mean, these are not military kind of guy, people. They're, they've just been slaves. They've just been, they're, they're not warriors. And yet here comes the Egyptian army, the finest in the world at this moment. So they're coming from behind. In front, you have the Red Sea. On the sides, basically, you have these mountain ranges. So there's really no escape. I would say that you're between a rock and a hard place. Wouldn't you? 
You can't go forward, can't go to the side, can't go back. So what happens? What occurs? The greatest of Baptist spiritual disciplines, complaints. Read it. They begin to complain. Moses, what have you done? Have you let it? Did Egypt not have enough graves for us? You led us out here to this point so that we could die. Man, that was great liberation. You're the great liberator, Moses. You led us out here to die. Now, if I'd have been him, I probably would have embraced the greatest of Baptist spiritual disciplines myself. And I would have been complaining also. I'll just be honest with you. That would be the way I would respond. And I'd probably say, well, if it weren't for you people... Right? If it weren't, if y'all didn't complain all the time, you got my mind off things, and now here I am, and you know, I, I don't know. You, we could have said a whole lot of things at that point, but not Moses. Not Moses. I actually want to read to you once again in Exodus fourteen thirteen. Moses said to the people. Do not be afraid. Did I mention that's kind of a constant refrain in Scripture? Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. I love that last part, don't you? The Lord is going to fight for you, so stop complaining. Hold your peace. God is about to show you his salvation. And the Lord spoke in verse 16 and told Moses to lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So here, Moses. He says, stand and see the salvation of God. Get ready. God's about to do something. That's a man of faith. That's a man of trust. He says, God's about to do something here. Takes the rod, and before you know it, the Red Sea parts. It divides, splits, and the people are able to walk across on dry ground. Now, I try to imagine things and the way this would look, but I don't think Moses asked for a volunteer to go first. Because I'm not sure he would have found many at this point, you know? I mean, who is going to step into the ground that has that has opened up in the Red Sea. I mean, this ground would be muddy, right? Right? I mean, okay, we had, what, two days of rain? Like Thursday night, Friday night. And, let's see, two nights of rain, four children. The equation does not work well. I mean, do you see the mud? My, my boys were running around yesterday. I, I lost them for a little while. I... I don't know, they had made it from like Turtle Creek over to Fraser Road, I think, by that time. 
and back. Through the woods, they came in, they were muddy. I mean, you know what water does to land, to soil? So I'm not sure Moses would say, hey, anybody wants to step in, go ahead and step in. I have a feeling Moses was the one that had to lead out with a step of faith. And it was a step of faith. Because once you took a step, you had committed. It was a step of faith. He believed. He believed. And it must have been rather intimidating to walk the length of that Red Sea or the width of that Red Sea with water on both sides. Must have been intimidating. But by faith, by faith, Moses saw salvation. And the people of Israel were delivered. And this wasn't just a coincidence. It wasn't just, well, you know, every now and then, they have, we have these seismic movements over there. And the Red Sea could have parted for a moment so that the Israelites went across and all that. And, it, and that could have happened on its own, as you might hear on a History Channel documentary. We know better. Because God's timing was just right. As soon as the Israelites made it across and the Egyptians began to pursue, which God had put the cloud just behind, so the Egyptians had to withhold until the Israelites were safe. And then God uh, miraculously moved the cloud and the Egyptians come across racing. And what happens? Crashing down of the water. They get stuck. And then so many perish. By faith. By faith, Moses saw salvation through the Passover. By faith, Moses saw salvation through the Red Sea crossing. Two tremendous events. But both of those remind me tonight as we come to this place. It's by faith we still see salvation. By faith we still see salvation. It's okay to believe. I was thinking about it this week. I said, you know, I'm going to write a book. Everybody else write a book. I figured I just ought to get into the little deal. And I'll write a book. And I'm just going to write a book. It's okay to believe. It's all right just to believe. You know, so many people say, well, can you believe this and you believe that? You know what? It's okay to believe. And have faith and trust for salvation purposes. That's the only way you're going to have salvation in your life. Is just simple faith and belief. I mean, think, think just a moment with me. How our message of salvation doesn't make sense in so many ways. I mean, think, think, think about it with me just a moment, okay? God of the universe... The God of the universe loved humanity so much. Humanity, which was nothing more than, I mean, none of us in this place, just a very, we're just so tiny in the great spectrum of things. And yet he loved us so much that what did he do? But send his one and only son for us. 
And he sent his one and only son, not only to preach and to teach, and to, but he sent his one and only son to die for us. That defies all logic. That doesn't seem to make sense in so many different ways. But the God, the creator God, loved humanity. He loved you and he loved me so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. We're getting very close to Easter, the Passion Week. Some of us may be reading again the, those passages in the Gospels that deal with the suffering and the pain that was suffered by Christ. And to think that God ordained Christ's coming, Christ's death, Christ's resurrection. There's so many aspects of it that you just can't understand fully, right? Or I, I can. I, I've tried and I thought, wow, I just can't understand it fully. But I know it's true. And by faith I accept it. And I trust it. And you know, just in so many ways like the Passover, it may not have made sense to Moses. He saw salvation because the blood was applied. And there are days when the story of the creator God sending his one and only son to die for us, that may somehow defy all of our understanding. But if the blood is applied in our lives, the death angel passes over and we know eternal life through him. We know salvation It may seem, and it certainly is true, that we as sinners are caught between a, hard and a, rock, a rock and a hard place. In other words, there's no really way to turn in our own efforts, that is. No intelligence. No um, motivational speakers. Nothing can get us out of the predicament that we are in. Nothing based upon human philosophy or thought or strength, can get us out. But just when we recognize that we are caught between a rock and a hard place, just when we recognize that we are dependent upon Him, is when we need to stop and stand and see the salvation of God. Because it's in that moment as sinners when we recognize that we are lost and we can do nothing on our own, it's at that point as we trust and we have faith that we see deliverance in our lives. That is the faith, faith to see salvation. I say it's okay to believe. But it's more than intellectual assent. It's more than just saying in your heart and your life, yeah, I know this Jesus. I know what I've been taught all my life. I've grown up in the church. It's more than that. Faith is more than just, just assenting to the basic doctrines of who Jesus is. Faith is committing with all of your life and trusting in such a way that it leads to true action in who you are. It means if you believe, 
you apply the blood. And if you believe and if you trust and if you have enough faith, if you believe tonight that that there is salvation only in him and you believe in that, trust in that, then you can know salvation in your heart and in your life. The faith to see salvation. May we have that faith.